0: to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Matthew.
1: My name is Nancy.
0: And I want to thank you all for joining us uh, for this episode. We're going to get kind of heavy and then kind of silly. Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's a great way to describe it.
0: Well, I I think for both of us, um, our first movie is going to be, you know, it's it deals with some very serious things that happen. I think You probably might have some personal connections to some of the topics of that movie. Sure. Um, It being very female driven. Mm -hmm. Whereas um, our second movie, I basically picked out of my own personal connection to it um, because it's not very good. But (laughs) (laughs) it's not. I mean, I enjoy watching it, but I it's not very well known. So we're going to, um, in the second half of our podcast, talk about um, a movie that means a lot to me for very specific reasons. Um, it's called Thrashin. While we're going to start off and Nancy's going to give us a little summary and we're going to talk about um, a great movie that um, means a lot to us. That um, I actually got in trouble over recently Because um, for my rewatch before the podcast I showed it to my wife and she had never seen it And she is mad at me because I had never shown it to her After being together as long as we have And this great movie is called The Legend of Billie Jean So Nancy, why don't you get us started off?
1: All right so The Legend of Billy Jean came out in 1985. It stars Helen Slater and Christian Slater playing brother and sister, though they are not brother and sister in real life, despite the last Shocker. name.
0: I was totally shocked.
1: Well, like, this was confusing for us as kids.
0: Well, yeah. As kids, we were like, oh. Of course. They're, they, they're obviously brother and sister. I mean, come yeah. on, They both have blonde hair. And Yeah. They were in a movie together where they were brother and sister. I mean, we had seen the Cusacks do that a million times. Why can't the Slaters be doing that? And they're not brother and sister.
1: Exactly. Um, It also has this actor named Richard Bradford as Pyatt. And uh, Peter Coyote plays a detective, Detective Ringwald. And they have two um, friends that live in the trailer park with them, Ophelia and Putter. Putter played by Yardley Smith before she got the role of Lisa Simpson. And then uh, Keith Gordon plays Lloyd, um, a rich kid that they encounter later. It's set in Corpus Christi, Texas. And middle of the summer, real hot, kind of sticky summer. And the movie opens with a shot of a scooter. A Honda scooter of some kind. A Honda Elite. A Honda Elite scooter that is Christian Slater's character. His name is Binks, which is his pride and joy, and he is he and his sister are heading over to like the local In and Out or Dairy Queen or something. I think
0: it's more like, it's kind of like a Sonic if anyone knows what a Sonic is, where you like <laughs> drive into a stall order your food, and then someone on roller skates or whatever can come out and bring you their food. Yeah. It's that he, kind of place.
1: They were out of vanilla milkshakes. He gets a strawberry milkshake. Strawberry? And, I know, exactly. You got me strawberry? Yeah. So they're, as they're there, this car full of jerks comes over and is harassing Binks for his bike and starts... Harassing Helen's, um, Helen Slater, who plays Billie Jean. Binks is really protective of his older sister and says, you know, get off it. You know, leave it alone. And he's like, oh, what, the bike or the girl? And, you know, I mean, this is how the movie starts. The movie starts with massive sexual harassment. Bullying. Bullying. It's, it's intense. And to get away from them, he pours this crappy strawberry milkshake all over this guy. Well... You know, they end up at a little local lake that has alligators or something in it and um, are just kind of hanging out on this really, really hot day. And who shows up but Hubie and his friends, and they steal the bike and mess it up. They they trash it. And, again, this is Binks' pride and joy. And, again, you know, they live, they live in a trailer park. We've got to assume from the very beginning they don't have a lot of money.
0: No. they. Their dad is not in the picture for whatever reason. Yeah. And the mom, you know, does what she can to get by. But um, Binks saved up all of his money, um, birthday money, mm-hmm. anything that he ever got to buy this scooter, which he takes great care of. Mm-hmm. And he loves. It's a source of freedom for him. Mm-hmm. And uh, Billie Jean that they can like escape you know, the trailer park yeah. and actually go and do things. Um, because again, they don't, they're, they don't have a lot of money and, you know, it's a really hot day in the summer in Corpus Christi. And, um, one thing that I caught on, on this showing of the, this watching of the movie that I never really got before was that they, that Hubie, the, the, the leader of the, um, the, the jerk squad, um, They go to high school with Billie Jean. Mm -hmm. So they kind of like she knows who he is Mm -hmm. and that he and his friends all know who she who she is because she's very pretty Mm -hmm. and everyone tries to like pay attention to her because of that. And they hit on her and do all these things trying to get her attention.
1: And and let me just point out her appearance, her prettiness is the comment that's made throughout the entire film.
0: Oh, no, she's
1: totally objectified. From the minute the movie starts. And
0: and she knows this because she, as the movie, you know, as Nancy will continue, her looks become a very uh, important theme Mm -hmm. throughout this movie.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah. So after the bike's stolen and trashed and Binks gets it back, you know, they also beat the shit out of him and Billie Jean had gone to the police department to report that the bike had been stolen and encounters um, Detective Ringwald, played by Peter Coyote, who, you know, takes, seems, is actually, I'll say it right now, my favorite character in the movie.
0: Peter Coyote is, um, he, he does a lot of narration in a lot of different things from nature programs to uh, histor- historical um, documentaries. So you you might recognize him when you see him, maybe, but if you hear his voice, he has a very distinct voice. Mm-hmm. And he really, um, he actually really feels for Binks and Billie Jean throughout the entire movie. Mm-hmm. He he totally gets it.
1: Yeah. So, after Billie Jean reports it, she comes home and finds that the bike was returned, but it's totally trashed, and her brothers had the crap beat out of him, and... The next day, they head over t- to get the money that is owed to fix the bike. And it was $608. They go to Hubie's dad's shop. Mm-hmm. Um, not a, kind, of, kind of like a...
0: It's like a, it's like a grocery like a general, s- store. general store. Yeah.
1: yeah, And, you know, Hubie's like, whatever, I'm not paying that. And then the dad walks in and is like, what's going on? And I think he even sends Hubie and Binks away
0: binks doesn't come in the store that's Billie right. jean is very her her friend ophelia who lives in the trailer park with them um has a car so she drives billy jean and binks to the to the store and billy jean is adamant that binks and ophelia stay in the yeah. car she will take care of it i mm-hmm. mean he's already gotten the crap beat out mm-hmm. of him she's worried that he's going to do something stupid mm-hmm. Which, spoiler alert, he, he does, does dumb stuff throughout the entire movie. Yeah. And gets them in more trouble. But um, she, so it's only her in the store. Hubie is like, I'm not paying that. And then she kicks him in the balls, which is a great scene. Mm-hmm. And then the da- his dad, Pyatt, sees this happening, is a totally embarrassed that Hubie would, would act this way. And um, tells Hubie to get out of the store
1: which then you know gives Pyatt the opportunity to really take advantage of billy jean he says i have that kind of money here but it's not in the register it's upstairs we got to go upstairs and, you know and he gets her alone and he pulls out this huge wad of cash and lays down just 50 bucks and says all right here you go and she's like what's this
0: that's 50 dollars that's
1: 50 dollars that's 608 bucks he's like yeah, honey, we're going to go on a pay-as-you-go, earn-as-you-learn plan. As the it,
0: lay-away plan is the, what he calls yeah, it. A
1: lay-away plan. And it's so disgusting. I mean, it is so, so disgusting. And again, this is in the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And she's able to break away from him, sort of. Like, she runs downstairs, and he's right behind her, but he's, you know— holding her back he's restraining her she has to fight him off she's got to fight him off and then they get downstairs and he's restraining her because then binks and ophelia show up and hubie comes in and the this whole thing ensues a gun is discovered in the register and he, you know pyatt insists that it's not loaded and binks is just holding the gun and it goes off and it shoots Pyatt, and it just sets this whole domino effect of bad stuff that is awaiting Billie Jean, her brother, and their friends. All because it all starts over this goddamn scooter and these boys that just wouldn't leave her alone. Once you know, once has been shot, it sets off this huge, you know, running from the law kind of um, theme that carries through the entire movie. And my favorite scene in the whole movie is once it's been arranged that the money will be paid, they are going to meet in a mall. And this huge scene at the mall happened. The detective had set it up.
0: Yeah, they, they, what happened, they, they had called the police and were like we're gonna turn ourselves in and he goes well but but billy jean's whole thing is is but i want the 608 dollars and i want piatt to give it to me yep and that is the and they said okay condition we'll meet at the mall in this area of the mall and that's where the exchange will take place and then we will turn ourselves in
1: yeah and you know, if that had actually happened, it would be a 20-minute movie. But no, because Pyatt, for whatever reason, has money that didn't even he didn't even have to provide. Like, the lieutenant was taking care of this.
0: Yeah, the, it wasn't even Pyatt's money. Nope. The lieutenant... Which
1: wouldn't have mattered to Billy Jean. Just getting money from Pyatt would have been fine.
0: Yeah, but she probably would have been annoyed that it didn't come out of Pyatt's yeah. cash register. Or but the fact that Pyatt is
1: dangling the money in front of her and, like, taunting her all over again, saying, Honey, you would have loved it and it's just so gross. Like <laughs> everything about it is so gross. And instead of just handing her the envelope, like everybody would have thought would be fine, nope. Drops the envelope, puts his foot on it, and somehow calls his son out and I don't know what his son was supposed to do. Grab he, her. He emer- Attack her. he emerges from the fake plants that are at the mall and, you know, she's able to run up escalators and kick him in the nuts for a second time and then run through a fountain and up more escalators and just cut through them all with Rebel Yell by Billy Joel playing. Billy Joel. Billy. Billy Idol playing. So good. Like my favorite scene. And you know they escape. But again now they're in deeper deeper trouble and now it's just them against the law and it never had to be this way. (laughs) You know all they wanted was justice and here she's the one dealing with Greater injustice in terms of the sexual harassment, in terms of them being bullied, them being taunted, the bike being destroyed. Just so much shit is happening to them that is just so unfair, yet they're from the wrong side of the tracks. They're teenagers, you know, they're kids, and Pyatt gets to take on this whole they're these violent, dangerous kids, and law enforcement needs to be doing something about them kind of stance, and it's just gross <laughs> it's just so gross, you
0: know at this point, you know they're all, they're kind of taking this this attitude of we are no one's gonna believe us mm-hmm. we you know because of how our age or how the fact that they come from the trailer park and you know Piatt owns a store so They're trash and he's just, you know, he's good businessman from, you know, in the town and everything. So they're trying to they try to be very strategic with how they handle this because they they know it could possibly go bad. So they've got, you know, and knowing that they're also like morally, they are really good people just being. It's all just a huge misunderstanding. Yes. They try and make sure that they are protected as much as they can in this whole scenario. So one thing they do is they don't have any money. They're poor. They don't have any money, but they need supplies. So they go to a toy store and this is a great scene. They go to a toy store to get walkie talkies and batteries. That's all they need. Yep. And what they do is in, in what looks like crayon on Mm -hmm. pieces of paper, is they write IOUs and put it where and like they take the IOU, put it next to where the walkie talkies are, and they grab like some GI Joe walkie talkies mm-hmm. that are awesome, and then they put it next to where the batteries are, mm-hmm. and then, I mean, and because they're they're good people, they would definitely pay them back for sure. this once this they're gonna get the six hundred eight dollars. I mean, yeah. they'll do what they can. But dumbass Binks. Binks, who, it's hard to really tell. I mean, this, again, this is a movie from the 80s, so everyone looks older than they actually are.
1: I'm going to say he's 16. He's Maybe probably, 17 he's probably supposed most. to be
0: 16. Yeah. And she's probably supposed to be 18. Yeah. 17 or 18. Binks, because he thinks he's, he's like, oh, I'm above the freaking law, and he thinks
1: he's all hot shit.
0: Steals a very realistic-looking toy gun.
1: Because in the 80s, they still sold realistic-looking toy guns.
0: Right. So, you know, after this whole this whole trade-off goes bad, Billie Jean run, is running to get, you know, to He's escape. In the
1: escape vehicle. And,
0: <laughs> and Binks and Ophelia and their friend Pucker, who... Butter putter um putter jacks played by yearly smith um who've all decided you know they the two of them have decided to help out banks and billy jean um they've got the getaway vehicle going and they seemingly are about to get away and the the really nice cop who's trying to help them out catches up with them.
1: Yeah, he got, goes in a different entra- entrance and find, figures out and where they are. dumbass Binks <laughs> pulls the toy gun on him.
0: Yep. So, of course, he thinks it's a real gun. He's hearing all the... He, like, he's never met Binks. He doesn't know if yeah. he's a good kid or not. Yeah. He just knows from what his sister told him. And he has to assume it's real, so it becomes yeah. this huge chase. And this escalates things to a a, a level that is preposterous. This, yeah. And I think it's really important that they show this happening because, especially in today's day and age, where things can get so easily misinterpreted or overblown or anything because of the Internet and, mm. every, and whatnot, they become criminals everywhere. Like, people are, like, saying, like, making up stories.
1: (sighs) So, this, so what I'm going to assume was maybe three days total, maybe four. Maybe. Like, they were technically, like, on the run for maybe four days, which felt like an equivalent thing of people watching... OJ Simpson in the white Bronco which happened like 10 years after this movie came out just this intense attention you know for example so this happened obviously before the internet was created and the main the main way news was distributed was really the radio like what you're hearing or hear- television yeah what you're hearing yeah so television radio and newspapers and what you're hearing most on the sh- through the movie are um, like the local radio station giving all these updates about what's going on with Billie Jean. And like every now and then there would be these news reports that cut in showing updates. And the idea that this one small accident, it really was an accident at this general store becomes this ultra sensationalized story in this part of Texas. Thinking about that nowadays, it's like, how many shootings are there every day? How many incidents are there every day? You don't hear about... Like, nothing gets this kind of attention. And it's not even just that these stories were getting really blown out of proportion and it just kind of kept snowballing over these three or four days. They took cover at a house that they thought was empty. Turns out it was another another teenager who... Very, very rich and very into movies and filmmaking. So he set Billie Jean up to um, answer all of these, um, all of this publicity like she was able to finally make a statement so she goes in and dramatically cuts off her long blonde hair and gets this short haircut which then tons of people emulate which is so bizarre and then she makes a video which then gets distributed to the press so people can hear her explain their side of the story, say we're not thieves, we're not crooks um we didn't mean to do anything. This is a big misunderstanding. All we want is our six hundred and eight dollars. Fair is fair. Well,
0: building up before that even happens,
1: mm-hmm.
0: before she she cuts her hair, two two very significant things happen that really kind of flip the switch on in her in her mind. First, when they get to Lloyd's house, the the rich kid's house, they turn on the TV and start watching the news coverage. Yeah. And while watching this news coverage, they just kind of see, you know, all the lies, everything that's being made up about them. All the, I mean, people from different cities that are in completely different directions are saying that they robbed them at gunpoint and took their money and all yeah. this kind of stuff. It's really overblown. And um, they become scapegoats for everything. But there's a, in some of the interviews with some of the people who, who witnessed the actual events at the mall, there's a lot of, there's people who really kind of get on her side. Yeah. And they kind of show, like, I think that guy's a jerk. And, you know. Yeah. And start, so she kind of, so, at first, so the first big moment is she starts seeing, like, oh, wow, you know, there's people who really hate us for no, uh, because of lies. And then there's people who actually see us for who we are
1: they're well for who they are or what or what what, they saw well because they saw what they're interpreting yeah yeah, from what they saw yeah the
0: second big thing that happens is after they're done flipping through the news they stop on the um the movie Joan of Arc yeah yeah and she's like what happened what is this and Lloyd explains the whole story of Joan of Arc yeah and How she had cut, you know, she had short hair to pretend to be a man so she could fight in the war. These two things, I think seeing the the news reports and then seeing this movie really inspire this moment Mm -hmm. to where she needs to, first of all, answer Pyatt Mm -hmm. and all these, all these people making up stories about her and her brother But she also needs to then also shed one of the things that she's been... She has always been brought up about her. She's never talked... No one talks about her personality. It's always about her looks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If she cuts her hair really short, then maybe they'll think of her as less feminine and stop objectifying her the way that they constantly have been. I mean, and at this point, um, at the very beginning of the movie, when she and her brother were at um, the lake... Hubie and his friends were taking pictures of her, so Pyatt was selling photos of her. So not asking her permission to use her image. He's selling merchandise. He's profiting off her image, like this Billie Jean brand. He's making tons of money off it. And this is before—this is just, you know, a few days into it, and then as the rest of the movie plays out, as Billie Jean and— the rest of them are all on the run. They gain a lot of coverage and this as an adult, all of this seemed much less realistic than I think it did is when we were kids. Cause I think when we were kids, we we're like, well, sure. Of course there's going to be, we love Billie Jean bumper stickers and frisbees yeah. and t-shirts and visors. And I don't think it seemed as weird when we were kids. Cause I don't think we got a grasp of how long it was. Cause I really don't think this took place over more than at most a week. The whole movie. Yeah. Well, oh. uh, Maybe two. I think from...
0: There's... there's I think... F- I, I think uh, there's, there's definitely a significant amount of time that, that kind of passes between when they leave Lloyd's house to when the final confrontation at the end of the movie is. Because there's, like, a lot of... Like, they get separated and a co- couple other different things happen.
1: If it's more than two weeks, I'd be shocked.
0: I would. I, I'll get. Well, let's just give it two weeks. Okay. A fortnight. We'll
1: we'll agree that it's two a fortnight. A fortnight. Yeah. <laughs> but in this tiny little bit of time, when you think of like how how quick two weeks is, she has become this media sensation. Like if it was nowadays, she'd be like the top trending tweet for like <laughs> two weeks. Like that's kind of the way that this movie portrays this fame that she got like she couldn't go anywhere there'd be like,
0: fi- there'd be like at least five podcasts made just about her exactly there <laughs>
1: she would have already had like three you know lifetime movies made about her or something there's, there's I a mean,
0: youtube channel out there the the legend of Billie jean
1: <laughs> exactly it's just you know instagram pages pinterest <laughs> boards you know whatever you could think of Billie I mean,
0: jean sightings exactly <laughs> it's it,
1: and and as an adult rewatching this that seems very unrealistic you know the
0: following i i I might disagree with you a little bit only because where this is taking place is such a small town it's like it's in corpus christi uh, yeah, and and it's in texas i mean texas is huge but considering the the let the levity of the situation and the kind of small town feel that they're trying to portray yeah. In the movie, it wouldn't. It would. I could see something very similar to this happening. It's all. I mean, it's all over the radio. There's, you know, be caller six oh eight to get to win <laughs> to win tickets to the blah 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 concert and yeah. tell us how much you love Billy Jean. You know, this kind of stuff is going on.
1: Yeah, in the movie. Yeah,
0: and um, I I think it I, I think that that I mean th- that's one of the other we've talked about you know the assault that mm-hmm. that Pyatt has with billie yeah. jean we've talked about so gross. you know the kind of the gender war that mm-hmm. is going on you know throughout this the 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 equality war mm-hmm. of the the rich versus poor the haves and the have nots mm-hmm. but um i think the one the other thing that really kind of it touches on and this is not new it's it's been going on for a long time is just kind of the media sensationalism yeah. is what we're talking yeah, about.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And and um you know, the media is all over it because it's a great story. Yeah. But
1: and she's a pretty girl.
0: Oh, there's that. <laughs> and um and then you have Piatt, like you know, he's all about profit. I mean the scene the first scene where where this really kind of you know the light bulb goes off in his head is there's a picture of Billie Jean that one of Hubie's friends took of her in a bikini at the at, at the the watering hole and they've got a poster of it it's like like a wanted poster kind of thing of her and these girls come in saying hey how much for the poster in the window
1: starts a bidding war between it starts a bidding war like three people
0: and <laughs> yeah it, what does it start at it's like I'll, five give you, th- $5.
1: I'll give you five dollars. I'll give you
0: five dollars for that poster. And then another guy walks in. I'll give you seven. We've got we've got eight. And yeah. he's and he's like, I'll give you ten dollars. And he's like, well, and then Piat chimes in. Well, if you want to get that framed, it'll be twelve fifty. And the and the guy's like, sure, twelve, 12. Yeah. fifty for this. And at this point, Piat is like, Ching, ding. well, <laughs> She's she, you know, her brother shot me and almost killed me. I've been embarrassed, you know, my my, because my son's and I I can't live up to my my jerky name. You know, I'm going to make a buck off of this. Yeah. And um,
1: luckily that starts right in front of Detective Ringwald. Oh, yeah. Which I think is great. Like because because he's so clued in right away. Like this guy sucks. He's
0: definitely Ringwald is great kind of as a tool in, in the story just because he he's almost like yes he's involved but he's almost like the observer mm-hmm. watching this yeah and is kind of the more like again he's the he's the moral center like mm-hmm. like he understands that shooting someone is wrong of and course. stealing is wrong yeah and being on the run in not, you know not turning yourself in is wrong but he also un- like he can see right through piat the whole time oh, yeah. like i think he's like i know something else went on here
1: well he even said that to him at the mall when he they were going to have the payoff like what really happened in that store
0: she is a pretty girl isn't she mr piat yeah. <laughs> like he knows so yeah. but the other the point i was going to make also about the media is i mean you've got the radio cashing in on this because you know trying to get people all interested in it and yeah. The, you know, and all this happens without anyone really knowing what the real story is. What actually happened in that store? Well,
1: who are they asking? They're asking Pyatt. Pyatt's, Pyatt's version is the one that's getting retold. Right. Because he, he's the one making money off the story. And in theory, he's not in a position where he has to run away from the law. Like the law is on his side. Right like appearance-wise. I mean, if they knew that he, you know, almost raped her in his office, then yeah, maybe the law wouldn't be on his side, but that'll never come to fruition cuz it's his word versus her word. So,
0: so getting back to to the to the plot of the to like the current the events of the movie. Yeah. When she records her um you know, her video basically telling mm-hmm. people like what happened one thing that's really interesting and we you never even really know if she even tells her brother or ophelia or or putter is she never says what actually happened between her and Pyatt. Mm. the whole thing that she is emphasizing is that they're making up stories about us and all she wants is the money for the scooter yeah. that her brother that, that was her brothers that Hubby yeah. destroyed and and I think a lot of that is because she wants she doesn't want her image to be the center of it all yeah she wants it to just be this is what is right yeah do what's right fair is fair exactly and that becomes the running theme for um you know for for her the the followers that she ends up getting yeah. which is um, you know, and then they, so, you know, she, they make the video, they, they release it to all the new, to all the news outlets and they start getting this huge following of,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, people cutting their hair, <laughs> um, putting bumper stickers with,
1: yeah I you love know, Billie fair Jean. is
0: fair and I love Billy Jean, which again, profiting off of it, yeah. you know, is, you know, pretty sleazy, but. You know, t
1: shirts I mean just I mean and,
0: and you know i don't I'm not saying that getting the message out there is wrong, but the commercialization mm-hmm. of terrible events is is where, yeah. where it, what it becomes and and again, people don't know the whole story no nope. but
1: and the only time she talks about the whole story is at the very end after um the confrontation at the beach where Binks is dressed up as her and returns Lloyd as their hostage and he gets shot. And like the whole kind of chaos breaks out as people running around or whatever. And then she stumbles upon his pop-up shop. Pyatt has like a little pop-up stand near, on the beach because that's not even where his real store is with all of his Billie Jean merchandise. And it's just Everywhere, yeah. Every
0: everyone there is wearing T-shirts with hats, and and it's this whole kind of media circus. And And he
1: even had this really, really large, like Burning Man installation size, (laughs) Billie Jean with a her short haircut, pointing a gun to the ground. Like statue, probably what fifty feet, hundred feet, or something. No,
0: no, no. It was, it was probably like
1: eight hundred feet. No.
0: <laughs> it was probably ten thousand feet. No. It was probably like eight feet tall. Oh no! It but it, no, because it was on top of his store. Okay. It was on top of his pop-up store. Okay. Either so way, it, looks, it was huge. It looks like this like <laughs> monolith.
1: <laughs> Either way, it's huge. And here she's she. At this point, she doesn't even know. Like, of course, she's run into people. Like, she's seen women with her haircut. But I don't think she's really seen all the merchandise that's out there. And she certainly hasn't seen that he's the one who's profiting off of it. Right. So she gets to confront him and it was finally in this confrontation where she says you know you told me you're going to earn as you learn you know pay as you go the layaway plan and that you were going to love it and that was the only time she'd voiced it but she set, got to say it in front of several people. And, who and were, the
0: news and everything. Yep. There's like, like the radio people, the newspaper the newspapers, the TV people yep. are all filming all of this happening. And,
1: and what does he do? He goes into the register, like, grabs a bunch of money, hands it to her and says, here, for your trouble.
0: Yeah, and, you know, it might be a little more, a little little less. less. Just take it, you know. Of course, he's got all the money in the world now, because it's blood money.
1: It's blood, and she's like, you know, she gets to kick him in the nuts, and then throws all the cash at him and says, you can't buy me. You know, you cannot buy me. And then the whole, you know, we can assume at that point, all of the merchandise burp, you know, goes yeah, he, up in flames. He, she
0: kicks him in the nuts, he falls down. Like a tiki torch kind of tips over and starts burning all the stuff,
1: including the big Burning Man statue of
0: Billy Jean. And um as the people are, you know, listening to her that were that were there see what what had happened, they start taking off the shirts and the hats and all the merch that they had bought and just start throwing it into the fire because they don't know the true story. Nope. They don't know that this guy's a freaking asshole and, and almost rapes her. And then they gave him his money. Screw that guy. So they start burning everything. And then as it's burning, you have this now mirror image of, Billie Jean burning, which is just like the scene she saw in Joan of Arc. Yeah. Kind of making that connection of you know, this woman who tries to do something beyond the norm. Yeah. And really try and get justice.
1: Well, yeah, she was truly a symbol of she became a symbol of bravery and justice and empowerment for all of these young adult women that you we're following her story and um, you know, Billy um, Pat Benatar's really great song invincible kind of plays off and on throughout the second half of the movie. And, and it's just so great. And the movie wraps up with a shot of them on a snow scooter (laughs) or, or, you know, it opens with a scooter and it ends with a scooter, but we have to assume that, Hey, They've been able to move on. Everybody, you know, they're going to be fine. They've moved on. But I feel like watching this movie again and knowing that we saw it so many times when we were kids, it really impressed that, you know, there is some really crappy stuff that happens. And this bullying is, the bullying was horrible. The sexual harassment behavior is just beyond. And the fact that, all they wanted to do was get their story out they want or well actually no they didn't even want their story out they wanted their goddamn money that's all they wanted give me give us the money to fix the scooter let's move on but other adults had other you know one adult in particular had a totally different idea of how he wanted things to go down and he got to control the story
0: oh yeah well and it, and there it touches on so many Feminist themes mm-hmm. that are really important, and I think um, it, it it's it's one thing that's interesting about this movie is I can't really think of a lot of movies today that specifically deal with this kind of situation the way it is dealt with in this movie. And, and, and I know that there are some, and maybe it's because we're in a lot different kinds of times now, but when we watched this as kids, you know, I'm younger than you. So a lot of these themes were a little more, they were over my head, you know, some of these themes were over my head. I like, I got that it was right. I got the difference between the right and the wrong, Yeah. but now that I'm older, I have, because I probably, I probably, I mean, we probably saw this movie on HBO.
1: Oh yeah, and we, we we definitely had a dub of it. We we wa- probably recorded. We it We watched. Cable yeah, we watched this it movie multiple times. But we had neither of us had seen this movie in many many. years. We
0: didn't even rent it. We but, probably just saw it on cable.
1: Yeah.
0: And I haven't watched this movie. Gosh, probably like twenty years. Yeah. Like start to finish. Like yeah. I'd probably seen parts of it and been like, oh, this is cool, uh-huh. and then watch a little bit of it and then turn it off. But I'm like watching it now and just seeing how dramatic and how important I really kind of think that this movie is. Mm-hmm. It's it, I mean it really it it I mean and it does not like after school special kind of thing, no. but it's cuz it's so serious, but at the same time this is definitely like a movie that young people should watch.
1: Well, and the other thing too is that the movie stays on topic. You know, this movie is like an hour and 30 something minutes. It's yeah. it's it starts, like I said, with the shot of the scooter, her being harassed, the scooter getting taken very quickly. Like, it, it gets right to the point very fast. And it really never deviates too much from their... They just want justice. And, it's, and there's a lot of movies... Like, if it were made nowadays, I could see several little side stories that would they would try to make more important or whatnot. And you're like, eh, let's... Not necessary. I felt like this movie stays focused. I mean, there's a couple things with Putter that get kind of annoying. Um, oh, I, you know, I, her well, kind of we... being a clingy, clingy younger friend okay, from okay. the trailer park. Okay let's let's talk about let's talk about Putter. Okay,
0: okay. Putter is a really interesting character to me. Okay. Number one, yeah she she's kind of the comic relief. Oh, very much so. From a lot of very serious kind yeah. of things going on.
1: And how
0: old do you think Putter is in this movie? I mean, she looks like she's, like, 14. I was
1: going to say no more than 14. No more than 14.
0: And she's always talking about, like, how she's going to get grounded. And, you know, or she is grounded, so she can't go anywhere or do anything. Well, she's actually a really important character. Because, I mean, she basically is grounded all the time because her mom beats her.
1: Yep. I mean, when we see the mom for the first time at the police station, she hits her so hard, she knocks her down.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, she's just another kid who is, you know, feeling put down in this movie. And they don't get really into her story in a sense of her mom's, like, just crazy or whatever. But it's just another symbolic character Mm -hmm. to show another type of empowerment that that is you know that at that point time she needed yeah i mean her mom was i mean there's definitely kind of this like youth you know kids versus adults kind of theme that you know is not that is you know kind of in the movie i mean yeah again i repeat this over and over again people you know when we were kids watching this i didn't think they were teenagers i thought they were in like their 20s sure. you know because yeah. they look that's how they look yeah there's definitely like this very kind of coming of age kind mm-hmm. of scene with putter yeah. that where um they're all in the car they're being chased some lunatic guy wants to to get the reward for lloyd shoot start shooting at him and they think she's shot and it turns out she's not shot she has her period and and at in the movie it's again it helps kind of show like the youth aspect of their of their group they're not they're not like a an older gang they, no
1: this they're is kids. kids this is
0: kids just trying to do what they've been told their whole lives do the right be yeah. be good and do the right thing and yet they're surrounded by these uh, shitty adults yeah i mean th- her mom and pyatt are clearly like the quintessential symbols of shitty adults yeah um i would almost go as far as saying like Lloyd's dad, who just misinterprets the whole thing, is kind of a shitty adult. Well,
1: yeah, he's a politician. Because he's he's a politician. All he's worried about is his political career.
0: I mean, total coincidence that of all the people that they can befriend and then fake a kidnapping with is the district attorney's son, right? Yeah,
1: it's kind of (laughs) wild.
0: I really think that the supporting characters in this movie, while I agree it stays on topic, really... You know, like you were saying, like, it, you know, it's not a long movie. It's kind of stays mm-hmm. it stays on topic throughout it. The supporting characters help keep the story going.
1: Oh, sure. Well, well, and it wouldn't be feasible for Billie Jean and her brother alone to do the stuff they did. I mean, they clearly needed it to be the four of them and eventually the five of them to kind of carry out this. Up to two weeks, Um yeah, of probably two uh, weeks <laughs> of well, um, kind it. of being on the run and whatnot. But I don't know. Do, what other thoughts do you have? Like, who was your well, favorite character?
0: Well, um, it's really. I think that it's really easy to say. Um, like, Billie Jean is your, like the, he, she's the she's the easy option, mm-hmm. you know, because I think everyone can agree. Like, she's so great, mm-hmm. you know. Helen Slater does a really great job and um her character is great i think i actually i mean peter coyote as as the police uh, um the detective is probably my favorite character i'd have to say and then i actually really like putter only as not just the comic relief but because it's again it's like another point of view like if you're a viewer watching this go down it kind of I mean and as kids yeah when we were watching it you know we're not even 10 years old when we're first seeing this yeah. movie and that kind of got us to that kind of got me to watch it like sure. her funny lines and everything yeah
1: Well, within their group too she seemed to be like as weird as it sounds her being the youngest like the most media savvy like mm-hmm. they said that she watched TV all, all the time yeah, and cause she
0: was grounded all the time
1: exactly so for her to kind of take an interest in the fame that they were getting was kind of interesting. Well,
0: she took an interest in the fame, but then I think also when, you know, at one point Billie Jean turns in Ophelia and Putter and when her, and that's when her mom comes to pick her up, smacks her in front of, and not just smacks her in front of the police and Ophelia, but there's also this lineup of girls who had cut their hair, who all told, like, Turn themselves in saying that they were Billie Jean (laughs) to kind of throw the police off the trail and all that. And she grabs a pair of scissors and then chops her hair off to kind of be, to kind of show, like, you know, you can't do that to me anymore. Mm -hmm. You know? And um, so I felt like she was an important part of the movie. Sure. Um, One kind of not so serious note about that, though, is I wonder. And time I've ever seen her in real life, she's always had short hair, so I wonder, like, did she cut her hair and then just keep the Billie Jean haircut throughout the rest <laughs> of her life? Or did she always have short hair and was wearing a wig at the beginning of the movie, and then we actually see her real hair?
1: It was probably a wig. I mean, who knows I mean, <laughs>
0: it's, it's interesting. Um, there's There's a couple scenes that I, for my favorite scenes. I think one of my favorite scenes is um, after they've kidnapped Lloyd, <laughs> they...
1: The willing hostage. The willing hostage.
0: <laughs> they go to a, a convenience store, and or a, they're at, like, a thrift shop. Yeah. And Putter and Billie Jean are um, in the car still. Yeah. Wow. And these kids come up to the, the car and they're like, are you Billie Jean? And they're in, and Putter's like, sure is. And they're like, you really have to help out Kenny. Yeah. He's in a lot of trouble. And you're like, what the hell is going on? So all these kids start, the kids take start taking her to this house. And as they're walking from their car to this person's house through the neighborhood, all these people are like, oh my god, that's Billie Jean, yeah. let's go. And they see her her get taken to the house hearing this man yelling at a
1: kid things being thrown in the house it sounds being like thrown, he's being right? beaten
0: it's awful so awful she goes to into the house sees this boy who looks skinny as hell with bruises on him and mm-hmm. cuts on his face hiding between a couch and a door yeah. As his asshole father is beating the shit out of him. And he's sitting in the kitchen just staring at him.
1: With a belt in his hand, With a belt
0: in his hand. And she's like, come on, we're going to get out of here. And he's like, you sit down, you know, and... Who are you? Who are you? And then she says she's billy, she's, a, she's scared she's like i don't know what the hell i'm gonna do i'm, I'm i've never done yeah, this before what yeah. the hell am
1: i doing going in this house like, i'm not a social justice warrior normally and
0: <laughs> she's like i'm billy jean and he's like you ain't her and then he looks out the window and sees all the people who have come yeah. to, to to see if she's gonna help kenny mm-hmm. and he freaks out and he's yep. like oh my god you are her
1: i don't want is trouble. That your, i don't
0: want any trouble is that your gang outside Would you want do you want a soda?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Snaps him and he realizes how messed up things are. And the kid gets to escape.
0: Right. And she, you know, she takes the kid out. And this is this is where she sees the positivity of the media attention Mm -hmm. that she was getting. Yeah. And it again, it had nothing to do with her looks. It had everything to do with, you know, the you know, they're telling these stories and she puts out this video and she's got all these people following her. And she got to help this kid. Yeah. And I think that's like a really strong scene Mm -hmm. to show just, and I remember that making an impression on me Mm -hmm. as a kid. Um, The other scene that really kind of got me choked up while rewatching this was at some point after she's turned in Ophelia and Putter, her and Binks and Lloyd get separated because they don't have a car anymore and they get separated. And, she's running and gets picked up by a girl who had, you know, with the Billie Jean haircut, mm-hmm. He's Like, get in. And she like takes her some to meet up with someone else. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden there's like this chain, there's a, you know, an 80s a, montage,
1: a social network but, set up. <laughs> and this is
0: where I think you first start hearing the Pat Benatar yeah, yeah. Um, song. And eventually like, you know, she's in a car then she's on the back of some guy's motorcycle and everything. And she's going through this network and then, she ends up at, like, this clubhouse kind of place. Yeah. And all these people are there just to, like, cheer her on. Yeah. And just, you know, what like, what do you need kind of thing. And um, it's very kind of... The whole montage is very kind of music video-esque. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought that that was just a really cool kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, how she was able to... Inspire. Inspire and bring these people together. And again, this is all kind of based on like a whole bunch of different allegories and all this other kind of stuff for, from history and everything. But, uh, that was probably my, um, my favorite, my second favorite scene is getting kind of that. Um, a couple other final thoughts that I have, um, kind of interested in watching that Joan of Arc movie now. Mm -hmm. I don't need to watch. There was a couple, like one that came out, and I think it's the 90s called The Messenger. Maybe that came out in the 2000s. Which is about Joan of Arc with Mia Jovovich. But I think I'd rather watch that black and white one. Yeah. It is probably slow and it'll put me to sleep. But I really want to watch it. Or I'm interested in watching it. Ophelia, the driver. Yeah. She drives like a maniac. And they probably should have died like 10 times in this movie.
1: Yeah
0: driving her dad's car. Lloyd's dad? Dean Stockwell. Dean Stockwell is in Blue Velvet by David Lynch. Just wanted to drop that note.
1: He's also in uh, Married to the Mob.
0: Yes, he is in Married to the Mob. Um the music in this movie? I love it. Um this is probably Seeing this movie and then being a kid of, of the 80s is probably why I love Billy Idol so much. Because oh, yeah. of that scene with oh, Rebel yeah. Yell. And um, that Pat Benatar scene, the song is probably my favorite Pat Benatar song. Mm-hmm. It's definitely one of the strongest that she's done, in my opinion. Sure. Just from... But I, even, also, I also have not listened to the Pat Benatar catalog yeah. either. But
1: well, just even, the hits. Even the, even the stock music um, has kind of like a Depeche Mode kind of quality kind of um but but kind of an intensity i I thought the music in this was great
0: and then lastly um we talked about the gender war we talked about you know the 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 equality war Mm -hmm. um on a very lighthearted note that kind of blows this whole discussion um there's also the war of to bra or not to bra in oh. this movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Which hell, Billie Jean just can't decide, you know, whether she's going to run, uh, run around with support or not. I don't know. That just kind <laughs> of happens. I just I'm sorry. I noticed it.
1: <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> I wasn't Why? paying attention.
0: Why would you? <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I wasn't noticing
0: I clearly was mesmerized by the looks of this beautiful girl, and I totally yeah exactly
1: because <laughs> that's what everybody's supposed to notice when they right, see her. Right. Well, that's that's great, and you know, again, we knew. Why, I think we understood as kids that this was an intense, serious movie. But I think rewatching it now, we see it much more so, which is very different from the movie you asked us, asked me to watch for this week. Okay. Not a serious movie. Not at all.
0: Not at all. I, <sighs> so we're going to transition now to hopefully something that who knows, this might only take 10 minutes. Um, no, it won't. Um, so
1: my it's called mo- thrashing, but I'd call it trashing. Um,
0: no, it is called thrash in apostrophe at the end of uh, the end. No G okay. there's no G. Okay. It's Thrashin.
1: Starring baby Thanos.
0: <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> so this movie's called Thrashin. It came out in eighty-six and it stars Josh Brolin. Now the movie came out after Goonies, but it had there's to no have been w- filmed It before. had to have been filmed before because he looks younger in this movie than yes. he did in Goonies. And basically it's about skateboarding. <laughs> um and without going into a lot of plot details, I think the more important thing for me in this movie is why I like this movie. So when I was a kid, I liked skateboarding. Mm -hmm. I had a skateboard. I skateboarded my friends around the neighborhood, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to put this out there right now. I was shitty at it. I was not good. I had some, I broke a a wrist. I broke a wrist. I popped my lip and I broke a, I broke my wrist on the first day of summer. Yeah. had a cast all summer, and then for, like, a month into my, my next school year yeah. when I was, like... I was going... It was between, like, fourth and fifth grade, so yeah. I was not very old. And then in, like, third grade when I was skateboarding, I slammed into the concrete and busted my lip open. Yeah. And I had a scar. I still have a scar and everything from that. Um, but I love skateboarding. Mm-hmm. And over time, I would go to the video store and rent skate videos like i'd get like the bones brigade video i watched like the search for animal chin like 10 times like i was all into watching to getting skate videos at the video store and we're not talking blockbuster here we're talking like hole in the wall video store Mm -hmm. and um i saw this movie called thrashin and I thought it was a skate video. I thought it was like a compilation of guys skating, but it wasn't. It was an actual movie, and the movie itself kind of plays like <laughs> like a really bad Karate Kid, where
1: except it's, there's no Mr. Miyagi. There's
0: no Mr. Miyagi or anything like that. It's basically um, Josh Brolin is a skater from the Valley who has friends in Venice Beach. And for the summer, he decides to he has a couple skate competitions in Venice Beach. So he's going to hang out with his friends and skate in Venice Beach over the summer
1: and maybe win like a sponsorship or
0: something. Right. Yeah, he goes. He, he signed up for a contest, um, which is like a, a, a pool uh, vert contest where um, you got where you skate in an empty pool uh-huh, and uh-huh. you do like hand plants and airs yeah. and all this kind of stuff. Stuff Nancy has no idea. What I'm talking. I mean, about. all cool, all cool tricks and stuff. Cool, cool tricks and stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks. Um, <laughs> anyway, and um, then he's going to do this contest. It's a. It's called a. It's called a downhill, where you basically start at the at the top of a mountain, go down a windy road, and then whoever wins the race, if you survive the race, because a lot of guys just fall and can't finish it. Um, You know, wins like a thousand dollars, and they call it the L.A. Massacre. It's
1: like a Tour de France (laughs) kind of bicycle race, but for skateboards. Yeah, it's like
0: a Tour de Farce. Yeah. (laughs) But um, anyway, he goes to Venice Beach, and he can't just—you know—it's not just about him skateboarding all around. There's got to be, you know, a love story and all of that because it's an '80s movie.
1: And she's the 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 love interest is a horrible actress. It was just. So painful to watch. Uh, well, okay. Everyone, pretty sh- much everyone in this movie is horrible actors. Well, Josh Brolin's pretty good in it. Even he's annoying though. Yeah. Like, well, there's like a wannabe Richard Grieco guy. <laughs> Sherilyn uh, Fenn's in it, and she's okay, but she's whiny too. Okay, I mean, okay. Let's
0: go, let let let's go down here. Okay. <sighs> so Josh Brolin, he's he, Corey Webster. He and his friends, um, you know. Th- They have their like their little clique of of skate friends. And then they meet up with like the bad group called the daggers, which is which as as like a skate gang name, I think is pretty awesome. They have like a stencil of a dagger that they that they stencil all over the house they all live at and everything like that. I mean, come on. That was cool. The head dagger, Tommy Hook, played by Robert Russler. Who, if you don't know who he is, you're, uh, don't be surprised because I didn't know who he was either. Other than he is a a poor man's Richard Grieco, like yeah. you had said, and he was in Nightmare on Elm Street 2. <laughs>
1: oh, he plays Tina's boyfriend.
0: No, that's Nightmare on Elm Street one.
1: Oh,
0: he's in Nightmare on Elm Street two. Okay,
1: yeah,
0: right. the Nightmare on Elm Street. No one, no one watches because yeah. it's weird. Um, anyway. <sighs> tommy hook's little sister is visiting from indiana Indiana. blonde blonde and blue-eyed chrissy is um played by pamela gidley who um unfortunately passed away last year oh she was only 52
1: wow that's very young
0: yeah she died in 2018 did
1: she ever do anything else
0: um, yeah, she did.
1: Did she go to acting school ever?
0: Um, I don't know, but she played Teresa Banks in Twin Peaks Fire Walk With Me, oh directed God. by David Lynch. Oh,
1: my
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Tommy Hook's um, girlfriend, Velvet, yeah, played yeah. by Sherilyn girlfriend. Fenn.
1: Also. Um,
0: also from Twin Peaks fame. Oh, boy. Thanks, Nance. Oh. And uh, um, obviously, Josh Brolin, Corey you know, meets Chrissy. They fall in love, have some very, very cheesy scenes over some very, very cheesy music. Mm -hmm. And this all kind of then concludes with the LA massacre race, where of course, at the very end of the race, it's Corey versus Tommy. You know, they're the last two to survive going down to the bottom of the hill. And, and, Tommy eventually like hits a rock or something goes off the side of the freeway or off the, off the highway and dies. No, No, he doesn't die. (laughs) And Corey wins and Corey gets the girl and he gets to hug his, you know, Chrissy. And then Tommy eventually comes up to him, is like, Corey, man, you're insane, man. That was crazy. Gives him a high five and everything. Like they can be bros or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the movie ends and, and this is a, Fairly light movie Yeah It's not It's not something to To really lose sleep over As Mm-mm. far as what You know Legend of Billy Jean Or anything else That is of importance But It left A huge impression On me Yeah I remember You did love skateboarding I And here's the thing Is The reason why I picked this movie Is not because Like I think It's the greatest movie And everyone no, should no, watch no. it In fact Clearly it's, it's really hard to watch You can't stream it you can barely buy it, and I eventually the only, and I the reason why we're watched we rewatched it and I'm talking about it is because I happened to find on YouTube someone had sliced it up into nine different parts so I could watch it. So I watched it and I was like, "This is not a great movie, but I love watching this movie." and um i still
1: like you still love watching this movie
0: if it was on i would stop and start watching it oh wow if it was on i would st- i'd stop channel surfing and i'd watch it a for the skateboarding and also f- for the music in it
1: but the music's horrible the music is great it's the gone. music
0: is oh, so god.
1: cheesy canned like 80s music oh fired. my god! Um, you're fired you're
0: fired okay over the years like in high school, I hung out guys with skateboard because oh, yeah. I loved watching A-hole. skateboard. And I loved I just like the style, mm-hmm. like the music I around it. I love watching guys skateboard. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, there's a like one of my favorite shows to watch if they and I don't know if they're going to continue doing it is a show on cable called King of the Road, which is like a scavenger hunt skateboard show where teams go from city to city and have to do tricks Hmm. and i could watch this show all the time like i'll put reruns on just to watch these guys skateboard again i'm not good at it i would not try and do it but so many different times like the skateboard culture or skateboarding itself has made me happy so i think so when i saw this movie i was like you know what why the hell do we do this? We do this because it's about it's our fun. lives. Yeah. It's, you know, we're trying to talk about things that are important to us.
1: And I've never seen this movie. I don't. No. I, this is not a movie that it's not. Like, I don't remember us having it on VHS or if we did. You never. I, I we just I was never in the room I when you were watching. It. I
0: never had a dub of it. I okay. I rented it. And then it was like if it happened to be like it might have been on HBO or Showtime yeah. or something like that. And I might have caught it then. Yeah. But it wasn't something I'd watch over and over again. But I remember really enjoying it.
1: Can I throw out something to compare this movie to? Yeah. So Matt and I saw a different skateboard movie not even a year ago called Mid-90s. And that was a very serious movie. Oh, that's, that, that is a good movie
0: in the sense that it's well made and talks and it's very real yes but it's really hard to watch it's because it's so real and like yeah. and, and it takes place in the 90s with, with all these skateboard kids yeah. I remember like I knew these kids like I remember sitting there mm-hmm. watching and, like I know kids just like this yeah doing the same thing
1: if you're not in the mood for a light silly movie about skateboarding in the 80s I would suggest picking up Jonah Hill's uh mid 90s
0: yeah it's a uh, watch it you could probably watch it once. It's hard to watch it's yeah, it, it was, and maybe it was hard to watch for me because, like, like I said, like i I knew kids going like like that, so it was but, like hard for me to like deal with certain things, but
1: all of the emotion and drama aside, it still had plenty of amazing skateboarding in it, oh,
0: yeah, it was fun to watch. There was definitely yeah. a lot
1: of like skateboard choreography that was really cool. There was a lot of really heavy, heavy stuff in it that went along with the skateboard. And I guess the ratio of skateboarding to non-skateboarding and thrashing, you know, there's plenty. It's like 70% of the movie is just watching them skateboard. Oh yeah. Or or building their half pipes. Montages
0: of skateboarding relentlessly with amazing music behind it. Not amazing Um, music. Devo is in it. There's some really good mid eighties kind of punk stuff in it, but this also, because of the music also culminates into something else that I really like is this was the first movie where I had to hear one of my favorite red hot Hot chili peppers are in this movie. Well, yes, they are in this movie and, and, and like the fun, cool red hot chili peppers and not the um, commercial red hot chili peppers of the last 20 years. More like the, the like creative artist, red hot chili peppers of the beginning. Yeah. no, this was the first time I got to hear one of my favorite L.A. punk bands from the 80s, um, The Circle Jerks. Mm. And there's a, it's the scene where after Corey and Chrissy get it on in the trailer that he's, that he's staying in at his friend's house, he, you know, takes her back to her place and then Tommy sees him pulling up and, and skating off, so they chase him down and as they're chasing him down, That was the first time I had heard Wild in the Streets by the Circle Jerks. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
1: that was great.
0: And, you know, I didn't know who that band was. Mm -hmm. I just remember being like, this song is fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until years later when I became a lot more um, music cultured. Mm -hmm. When I heard that song again, I was like, that's the song from that movie (laughs) I grew up watching. This is freaking amazing. All right. And um, that has, I mean... Their first album is one of my all-time favorite punk albums, you know. So I'm really connected to it on that level oh. too.
1: So I will clarify. Aside from them, Devo and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, all of the background music, like all the canned music, one of the is songs, just so
0: goofy. One of the songs in the club before the Red Hot Chili Peppers performs is the Bangles.
1: Oh I didn't notice
0: it Yeah you didn't <laughs> Or else you'd have much more respect for the music in mm. this movie He's also wearing a lot of cool t shirt He's got a Susie and the Banshees t-shirt on I mean culturally they really hit this Here's something that you probably didn't know about But I know about because I've watched other movies about skateboarding mm. The production designer on this movie is a woman named Catherine Hardwick Who lots of people know because she directed Twilight Oh wow <laughs> But before she did Twilight, she did a really good movie that I think you should watch called Lords of Dogtown, mm-hmm. starring Heath Ledger. It has Emile Hirsch in it. Mm-hmm. And it's about the beginning of like skateboard contests and up and coming, you know, sponsorships. And um, one of it's about Stacy Peralta, who eventually... Started Pal Peralta, who, which is the company that signed Tony Hawk, mm. and Tony Alva, who is kind of a skate pioneer, who also is in the movie Thrashen as one of the daggers. Mm. So Catherine Hardwick made that movie... Lords of Dogtown and was the production designer on this. So she comes from mm-hmm. like a skateboard mm-hmm. culture. So yeah. um, that really helped with authenticity sure. in this movie. And, you know, if you can't hear Nancy's eyes rolling. No, no. I, <laughs> I, I appreciate
1: all that kind of stuff that helps. And that helps give me a better appreciation for this movie because I think if If the acting was any better in the scenes when there wasn't skateboarding, it would be easier to take this movie. Oh, I know. I mean, but the movie, like, Chrissy is so bad, so bad. And I know Josh Brolin has become a better actor, but he was horrible in this. Well, I uh, mean, and all of his goofy friends. Yeah, like, his, like his, scene, his goofy friends the, are terrible. The scene, they're so terrible. The scene after he's supposed to break up with her reminded me so much of the scene from Say Anything when they're all like at the gas and sip. But... This is like the dumb goofball version because even the friend with the hat reminded me of like a low grade Jeremy, Jer- Jeremy Piven.
0: Yeah. The, I mean, it bl- just. Yeah. <sighs> his blonde friend, Tyler. Reminds
1: me of Jason Siegel from uh, no. How I Met Your Mother.
0: The, the 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 one with the blonde flowy oh, hair or no, the curly hair the
1: curly hair guy the, oh, goofball, yeah, with the goofball the goofball
0: one yes he does look a lot he does seem a lot like has, Jason Segel he has a martial quality about him and then um, Tyler the blonde whose house he's staying at mm-hmm. um, is actually in Lost Boys yeah I so, recognize I mean, him. so you could recognize him uh, I I would agree the acting in this is not great no. um, there's it as far as Chrissy goes I will say this. She never had kind of the "oh me, I'm just some sad kind of girl" kind of quality. Or she always stood up to her brother. She stood up to Corey. I mean, yeah. she was kind of she was kind of ballsy. Well,
1: and she did say she didn't want either. Like she never picked sides. Like no. when they were supposed to be in this contest again. You know, when they were going to be on opposite sides, she never said. I want you to take him down. Like she didn't want her brother to get hurt. She didn't want her boyfriend to get hurt. I mean, and, and there was some shady shit that they did when Corey was skating. Like there was a half pipe or something and like they They, poured a bunch of jacks down. It's like they, they messed up the, the dagger, the daggers were jerks. They were, they were a gang.
0: They were a gang. (laughs) I mean, but you know, what's funny is I actually kind of liked Tommy hook like there was something like he was annoying and and stupid and and she calls him out for like how the show is always about him like the the tommy show never stops kind of thing (laughs) um because he's got he's got such an ego being ahead of this gang but there was something about him where i was like i kind of feel like he's always he is just trying to like take care of his sister and have fun he just is a jerk about it and he's like I mean, you don't beat up people and you don't burn their ramps down or try and hurt them. I mean, yep. Come on. But um, do better. Yeah. Do better. I and and I agree. Like, this is not a um, the award winning Sherilyn Fenn movie. I mean, she's, she's not in it. I mean, but this is probably one of her first movies.
1: Oh, sure. And
0: yeah. I thought. I liked watching her in this movie. She was like this she's punk rock like, girlfriend. She was dressed and, like Madonna. She's kind of dressed like she has like big hair and yeah. and like she, they
1: outerwear ha- no underwear is outerwear. underwear is
0: outerwear kind of thing. She would like she had like she would paint her face yeah. all all crazy. At one point they have like this battle scene and she cuts a lock of her hair and make turns it into an earring and gives it to Hook to wear, which Corey then just rips out of his ear and it's just crazy and but um. But again, I, this movie this isn't like the impetus of how much I like skateboarding. But it re,
1: it was re, part it was part of your it, kind of like, part
0: of my growing up, sure, and part of my life. Now, there's another movie that probably people are like, why aren't you talking about this movie? Um, probably because it's worse than this movie in, in my opinion. It's called. It stars Christian Slater and it has skateboarding. In it. It's called Gleaming the Cube, which means nothing, which has no meaning in skateboarding. It was. It's so bad that they couldn't <laughs> sell a movie called "Gleaming the Cube" with a guy skateboarding on because it, it means nothing. So if you tried to ever rent it or watch it, it could also be called like "A Brother's Justice." Okay. Because that movie has like this political aspect of it, where mm-hmm. his brother's murdered and he's trying to solve his brother's murder. Oh, and he just happens to have a skateboard. That's kind of what that movie's oh, about. Okay. But it was totally marketed as a skate kid gets justice for like his brother's murder yeah. and and it's that is not a movie i could stop channel surfing <laughs> and watch i probably only would for nostalgic re- reasons but i would not be like oh man this movie's amazing yeah i got to rewatch this movie um whereas thrash and i would
1: you'd still call it amazing
0: i think that it is not a good movie but I have that emotional connection to it because Mm -hmm. it's something I saw as a kid that had, I mean, I remember like there's scenes where they're doing the downhill and Corey's preparing for it and he would take like duct tape Mm -hmm. and wrap it around his hand and his fingers. And I remember like being like, I'm going to go skateboarding today. Oh, got to put my duct tape on. (laughs) And I like duct tape my hand and be like, oh, I'm, I'm pretending I'm going down the downhill. So I got to like drag my hand on the ground. Good thing. I put duct tape all (laughs) over it. That kind of thing. Oh. And and so there's that emotional kind of connection to and and I think that's true of a lot of movies for people is like you saw this movie growing up. It's not very good, Mm -hmm. but you can look past all of that because you enjoyed it. I mean, we've talked we talked about that with like the Sandlot. Yeah, like there's probably a lot of people who love the Sandlot. Because maybe maybe they love it because they think it's funny and, or that it's about baseball or whatever. But there's probably a lot of people who love it just because, like, they saw it as a kid and it brings them back in time. Sure. You know, so. Yeah. Anyway. So, again, my main keys were um, skateboarding. I love skateboarding. And like I said, I st- I mean, even today, like, I was on my phone looking at skate videos on Facebook because Mm -hmm. so it was like oh skate you know trans world skateboarding's on and i'm just watching people do tricks and i could sit there and do that for an hour just watching skate videos and guys especially now because like when i was skateboarding street skating wasn't even as big it was all about like trying to do vert skating which you can't do unless you have a ramp then skate street skating got big later in like the late 80s and throughout the 90s. And that's like the main, like one of the main things now where it's like jumping over stuff, flipping your board and all of that. And just watching that is just like how I'm I'm mesmerized by how guys do these tricks. Mm -hmm. It's fun to watch. Mm -hmm. It's fun for me to kind of go back and kind of live vicariously through these people doing these tricks, thinking like, man, that'd be amazing to do. And, uh, so I really enjoy it. And, well, I am glad. Uh, I
1: mean, I'm glad that it's so important. I mean, I don't remember us ever talking about this movie. I never saw it when I was a kid. I'm glad that it wasn't more than an hour and a half long. <laughs> um, if it had been one of those movies that's trying to stretch out to two hours and it's like, really, that would have made it even worse. But, um, I mean, I'm glad I got to experience a part of what was so important for you as a kid.
0: And, and you know, like we've said before, you know, we're trying to kind of, we want to really kind of find movies that connect to, Mm -hmm. to us growing up. And I think that it would have been, it it would have, it it was a movie I needed to kind of like, since I rediscovered it and I was like able to watch it Mm -hmm. and figure it out. I mean, and then my, I don't know if I said this, but um, my wife found it on eBay and bought it for me. Yeah. So we could watch it for this podcast. Yeah. And getting to like, rewatch it and everything it it really kind of solidified to me like there was there was some important things that might have like incept like ideas that like incepted into my brain (laughs) because of watching this movie that um you know kind of made me who i am
1: and watching josh brolin have um Trying to fit the infinity stones on his duct taped hand as he was skateboarding.
0: How awesome. Like, look at that connection. I'm really kind of curious, like, how much skateboarding he actually did Mm. in this movie. I'm going to guess he had to have done some of it. Oh, yeah. He had to at least done some but i don't know i mean some of the tricks and everything i mean
1: i would love it if if anyone ever interviews him now and asks him about this movie
0: oh yeah i, would I think love that, that would be
1: hilarious we'd like
0: to talk to you about a movie you did in the 80s no not, not goonies. goonies not goonies <laughs>
1: <laughs> another movie with other kids yeah thrashing
0: yeah do you think that i'm pretty sure i know the answer to this But do you think the Cusacks would have any interest in watching this movie? Do you think I could get them to watch this movie? I don't know. Maybe we could.
1: I don't remember. Well, Lloyd Dobler was a kickboxer, so he definitely is into physical stuff. So maybe he would do maybe be interested in watching a skateboard movie.
0: Well, and, you know, like you said, and there is a
1: brother sister conflict in this movie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe sometime we could ask them if we ever got them on this show. You know, we're we're going to try. Yeah. But uh, well, you know like i said we started out heavy we got light at the end there mm-hmm. and um once again i want to thank everybody for listening this was kind of a, this was kind of a fun kind of week cuz i got to relive two really important movies and um to me you know one that kind of really touched me personally and one that we got to watch as kids i i'm really glad we got to rewatch
1: yep i was really glad to rewatch a movie that I really liked growing up and then um, experienced for the first time one you, of Matt's movies.
0: You mu- do you I wanna ask you back to Legend, but, so do you have like watching it now, do you have like a way different appreciation for it watching it, you know?
1: I have a deeper appreciation deep for it now. For appreci- yeah, because I didn't understand a lot of the I didn't understand the bigger issues the same way. And especially in the current political climate, just with how oh, much God. Yeah. you know, finally Issues of sexual harassment are finally being discussed. I mean, it all fits into a much larger picture.
0: I mean, I can imagine, like, the many now members of Congress. Um, all cutting, like, like there's this aspect of like, they could all just cut their hair and wear fair fair shirts. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: that, oh my gosh. Okay. That, I'm
0: Elizabeth I'm, Warren's already got the short hair. Just, yeah. She needs a fair fair shirt. Oh. I mean, that works because she was an economics profession, Exa- right? Oh my God.
1: <laughs> that, that is actually a really, really funny, um, Visual, <laughs> I love that. And then even. AOC's
0: a- a- already there personality wise. Yeah. She's even
1: great. Even the men who have kind of like a longer hair, it's like they can get even cut even shorter, a little <laughs> more cropped. And, oh, man, that's funny. I like that idea. So. But, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. And um, we appreciate you sticking with us.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye.